What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, it's another episode. Just Craig and Pete. Just the, just the two of us. There you go. There we you can go. make it if we try. Okay. So, right. um, Craig, this, I is gotta, from, this is from the readers. This is from the readers, as they say. Yeah, this goes out to all the readers. Um, so, a very common question we get asked is, what is the training that you recommend I should get from a clinical standpoint? So typically, people will provide it in multiple choice. Wait, is that the only context? It's just the question. What? I, I think it's a little further than that. Well, you, no, it's just it's just like you should, say, what should I learn? Right? right. What is should the next be, course I should do? Post should it be implant placement or endo or surgical extractions or Invisalign mastery or, or cosmetics or or split therapy or sleep apnea or 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 what right. what, what widget should I learn next? And the problem, as Pete and I, I shouldn't call it a widget, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. What little, what little application? Yeah. It's an application versus a conceptual understanding of dentistry. So, what is your, what is your advice to those young denti? So, what, what winds up happening is, we leave school, and our friends are, you know, in school, it was all like, oh, I did an, I did an endo, I did, it, I did a bridge, I did a crown. And then we get out of school and your friends will start telling you like, oh my God, I'm super busy. I learned how to place implants. And so everybody that comes in with a hole in their mouth, they get an implant and they start making a lot of money and they start doing really well. And then a couple of years later, their implants start to fail because they didn't understand the mouth. They understood only the tooth. We get out with a myopic perspective. We get taught occlusion, but at the time in school, you can't really understand occlusion. You know, we really taught occlusion. I think you're taught morphology, like waxing and that's the intent of it. But like, are you- Well, we're taught taught the terminology, like a non-working interference, the patterns of movement. But Uh I never understood- bite to be more than the way the alligator closes his mouth up and down the envelope of function you don't realize that until you're like how the hell did that canine break there's his lower teeth are literally 10 millimeters away from his canine the guy's so class two and you realize oh shit the guy is like a cow he moves his jaw all over Mm -hmm. or he's like a rat and he goes forward and protrusive we don't even realize those ranges of motion are possible because we'll ask patients hey patient for those of you looking right now do you do this and I'm showing like moving my lower teeth forward. And patients are like, no, I never do that. I never do that. But that's part of the envelope of function. So what I'm, what I'm saying is that you have to, we, we, we get out of dental school. We know what we know. We know how to do, do a crown prep. We, we just know we're not great at it. We know how to do a, a root canal. We're not fast enough or not accurate enough. And then we, there's things that we don't know. We don't know how to place an implant, how to do ortho, maybe a couple other things. But both of those domains, what we know how to do mm. and what we don't know are within the realm of knowing. Because if you know you don't know how to do it, then you know to get treat, uh, uh, mm. education. The big problem why dentistry is such a sucker punch and why I think a lot of people wind up really unhappy is they never realize the biggest domain is you don't know what you don't know. So dentists coming out of school are asking for specific knowledge. They know they don't know it. Mm-hmm. And what they need to learn is all the stuff that they don't know they don't know. So 
Peter and I have very dis- disparate treatment. I'm sorry, uh, educational paths and career paths. He, he went through, you know, high level cosmetic training and all that stuff. But we both, and I went through Invisalign and all the other stuff. And I did a lot of full mouth recon, but unanimously, we both said that it all starts at the base of the pyramid, which is occlusion. And yeah, I was just thinking, Craig, I want to let you keep going because you're, you're doing great with this. But oh, thank uh, you, Peter. Can I, can I extend my stay for another episode? Please, please. You get, <laughs> you get one more, you know, your, your days in 2020 are limited, but, but, uh, but you're doing well so far. Um, I remember occlusion not being a one hour course, one hour course, essentially um, one hour credit semester hour, just like, you know, we talked about you know, was, curve of speed was just something on a, t- a multiple choice question, right? You're learning it and is this, right, that, right, right? right? And, and envelope of function and the ball, you know, things like that. And, you know, airways and stuff like that. Same with, same with business. So it's funny that some of the most important things, right. Once you get out post dental school are the right. things that were foundationally not not put in place for you in your right imagine if they would have started off occlusion like hey if you want if you don't listen and learn this stuff all your shit will break you're right but yeah so like the reason why we're talking about non-working interferences and envelope of function is because all your hard-earned because you might get sued if you don't but it all but it all break and you'll wonder so so what i see happening by the way is you get out, you go through specific courses of widgets, like you said, mm. things to sell on your shelf. Practice mm-hmm. is slow. There's not a whole lot of people coming in. You're starting off, you're like, I need to refer less. Mm-hmm. I need to just be able to sell more things on my shelf. So when they come into my store, I need to be able to sell paper towels and Twinkies. I need to sell and milk because I got somebody in my store. And then all of a sudden you, you realize that there's a whole bunch of stuff you don't understand. And then there should be an epiphany for most people like, okay, I need comprehensive dental training, like a spear or a Coise or Dawson or Panky or any of them. They're all great. Then they're I, all equal in my opinion. I agree. I would agree. And then, just but you meet, when, when you go to those people in those courses, as many of you will realize, you'll see the 45-year-old dentist. Um, you'll see the guy who's newly minted and also the 45-year-old. And the 45-year-old is like, I hated dentistry. And the reason why I hated dentistry is because everything you learn, things weren't working out. Mm-hmm. So we as dentists are paid for a professional opinion. We look patients in the eye. We want to do the right thing. We prep perfect teeth. And then all of a sudden you realize that, oh my God, there's a human being attached to this. And even though I do perfect carpentry, the system will break the best carpentry. So you could build it as draconian belts and suspenders. But if you have a patient that has occlusal disease or high para function and they do weird things with their teeth, the best dentistry will fail. And it's not your fault. You just didn't see it to begin with. Here, here's, here's, here's what I want to mention is that I think coming out of school, you're so anti-dental school. Yeah. you, you want and, to it's, out. and look, and what is, of all the things we just talked about, like implants and PRP and doing this new therapies, what is the least sexy topic we could discuss right now? Occlusion. Occlusion Maybe dental materials. Like one of the two well, could be. Well, also <laughs> dental school. And I'm going to say it at the, to probably to the. Well, to, well hold the, on. Let, hold wait, no, no, I got to say this. No, I want to say something sensational. <laughs> Please, <laughs> dental school, like most school, needs to be disrupted. I'm sorry, big institutions. 100%. You're wasting our time. And half of it is really valuable. A quarter of it is a complete waste of time. And, yeah. and the other, I don't even know. 100%. But the point is, is we get out, we're like, we're not used to efficient private education. Like, COIS is private education. Mm-hmm. It's expensive as shit, but you'll want to like, you'll want the professors there to be on like half time rather than double time speed. Because there's so much pearls there. 
It's kind of like how I think that, uh, you know, just regular college will be disrupted because because if education is is the true bottom line, like education is free and, and out there anywhere. You know, you have yeah, Khan we're Academy, doing it right now. We're Khan Academy Masterclass, like you could get a better education there than any Ivy League. I, could, I, will, I will stand by what I just said. School is for well, having a social there's no, there's no charge to this. We're giving everything we learn. My, my thing with occlusion, I want to give some context to this, why I think it's, it's not sexy, but I think it's super important because I have been able to watch people's careers. Craig, and I'll, I want to push this to you. Every dentist that I've ever known that let's say I have now friends that are 15 years ahead of me as dentists and, and those who are behind me, every dentist that I've known that has mastered the art of occlusion what, whatever they discipline they're in, meaning whatever meaning cosmetic, meaning oral surgery, oral surgery, if they have mastered occlusion, it is, and, and I consider them quote unquote a master of occlusion, meaning they've gone to Koi, Panky, whatever it is, whatever they've gone to dedicated levels of mastery fellowship, whatever, without fail, they are the most quote unquote successful and fulfilled 100%. dentist I know. 100% because because success means knowing what's going to get your tail caught in a crack and seeing it ahead of time and addressing it versus there's, there's a lot of dentists who are just constantly getting their asses kicked. I want to say, I want to even push that a bit further because you can now see the forest from the tree. You now are able to, but you see your future too. You see, but you're able to do much bigger, better plans because you didn't just, you didn't, you weren't just holding a screwdriver looking for a screw. You were right. Holding, right. You were and, and, and by the way, that, by the way, though, that screwdriver and screw is a legit analogy. Like I'm going to go <laughs> learn implants. There's a hole. Let me put an implant in. Well, why the, why is the hole there? What about the, have you looked at the counter occlusion? Right. How many, t- how many times has an implant been placed in a patient? And then you ask the patient to close down. Should you, should and you operate that molar before be, that's behind it before you actually do the implant? So, you know, so okay. the problem is, is dentistry has a very high level of dissatisfaction because imagine if like you're, you're there to build bridges, legit bridges, and half your bridges fall apart because you don't do geotesting or soil testing mm. on the terminus of each bridge. So you're mm. a great build bridge builder. You build the best bridge ever, structurally mm. sound, perfect, impervious, but the resting points of the two bridge, you never understood. So it's by virtue of our education being licensed and being ready to roll and uh, that that sets us up for I think a lot of failure. So, so and there, I agree with you. By the way, there's, there's you a oral, story. Well, there's an oral surgeon. Story. Sorry, hold that one. There's an oral surgeon in town. When you're saying about occlusion, he's a to- he's not a nice person. He's a he's a really like a, a, a not a good guy. He's a really nasty guy. But he knows his occlusion like the back of his hand. And if he wasn't a nasty guy, he would have been like on the stages with Picos and all these different people. But his, his karma is that he's just a dick and he pisses everybody, everybody off. So all of his information and experience dies with him, which is really unfortunate for him and for dentistry. But to your point, even an oral surgeon with an understanding of occlusion will be a badass. All right, all right. We hope everyone is getting massive value from listening to this podcast. If you are, we're gonna ask a couple things in return. First, review us on iTunes. If you don't know how to do that, the easiest way is to pick up your phone, open the podcast app, click on the album art, and then scroll all the way through the episodes and you'll see review at the bottom. Go ahead and bang out the stars that we deserve. Second thing, if you haven't signed up for our text uh, list to get notified of special offers or the next summit or whatever it may be, uh, make sure to text the words bulletproof to 33777. That's 33777 and the word is bulletproof. 
Third thing is we've got the book, as most of you all know, but we've also got the audible version that Dr. Spodak spent three days in studio and it was an arduous task and he crushed it. He really should be an audible book episode. That's it, everyone. Hope you're having a great day and we'll see you soon. The people who taught me were, and I would love for, so David, if you're listening, David Hornbrook, if you're listening, I would love for you to come on the podcast. I know we saw you at DIA a couple of years ago and, and I, you know, he was my mentor in this as was, um, he said he would do it. Mark Montgomery, right. Who I would think are the, the two of the smartest minds in, in dentistry. And so either of you listening, reach out. I'd love to have you on the podcast. Um, but here, here was my epiphany, Craig. When, when I knew this was at the point in my career where I thought I was the big stuff. And then I recognized by, by them teaching that I knew nothing. Yep. I was ill prepared for what I was doing. I, basically a case presented, Craig, and it was, and you will know this because you, you've been in the field, right? So don't blurt the answer out. Right. So here I am looking at this case. Deep cover speed. Mm-hmm. No, All right. no. Me, so it was one worn, one worn canine. The other, the, the number six was worn. Okay. But number 11 was, was, was pretty good. And so we jump into the case and doing this stuff, right? And, and it, there's failure, 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 right? And so I can't figure this out. Well, finally coming to the education, Ornberg said, this is, did you recognize that, or maybe it was Mark Montgomery, there is an interference in this person's mouth. No, there's not, I've looked. No, no there's not. Because I was looking on, right around that area. The, the interference was on the, the, con, the, the, it was a posterior interference on the contralateral side. Yeah, right? non-working so interference. A non-working interference. But Which when they say it, is like, what the fuck is that? Who cares about that? Right. You're like, well, that, does, that, is not, that sounds like Japanese, right? When you're in dental right. school, that sounds like Japanese. And they don't tell you why it matters. It matters because it's They don't tell you why. Because there's literally, it's the princess and the pea. Until you eliminate that spot, right, you're going to have this issue. And so it was kind of like this, like, if you're in, sometimes in your career, you're, you get these epiphanies and sometimes it's a hard learning and, and you have case failure and, and you have hard lessons. But that's when it was like, I thought I knew what I was doing. And this is this is five years out of dental school, right? I'm doing lots of stock cases, um, cosmetic. And it was like, holy shit, I am an idiot, right? Like, well, it's it, okay. It, but it, I gave myself some grace, meaning I, I do this to myself to my, I do this to myself sometimes, Craig, to shame myself into learning more, just like I said on the last podcast is that I was like, holy shit, I know nothing about nothing. So it's time to reinvest in this because right. I, I, I am ill-prepared for what I am passionate about doing the rest of my but, life. In but that's a recurring, uh, a recurring theme in life. You, you growth-minded, you take on new challenges, mm-hmm. and you find yourself ill-prepared. Mm-hmm. And you prepare and you master it. You grow in life. You take on new challenges. So it, you should be it's in a Naval. constant- The Naval, you, right? The you should be in a constant state of, oh shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's right. great. And, and then okay. getting better and mastering is, it's cool. Cause if you knew it, then you wouldn't be in that state. But, uh, but I do think it's, it's interesting that we don't, we don't get taught the consequence of what we're learning and we why it's make inclusion sexy again. Right. Well, you know what? No, it's funny. You ever see, you ever see a patient that comes in, I just had a very um, well-known professional golfer come in and he has like a series of root canals in his upper right, you know, three in a row and really nice teeth. And then he's coming in and his, his lower left is hurting him. And I was like, let me ask you something. These root canals that you had over here, no, no other work in the mouth, just like three root canals in a row. Mm-hmm. And I always asked them, like, did you, did you come in with pain and have a root canal? And I just want to get some history. Did it take the pain away? He's like, yeah, for a little bit. But then it was the next one. I was mm-hmm. like, so the upper right still hurt. And yet another root canal. And then what happened? He's like, yeah. And then I think it was the next one. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's this myopic view of looking at the tooth. 
you bang on the tooth, it hurts. Okay, so it, did you tr- did you bang on other teeth? Like if you go into someone's mouth, I'm gonna go real clinical for a second, and they have otherwise decent looking teeth, like no major dentistry, no major disease, but more than one more than one tooth hurts, you don't have a tooth problem. So if three hertz, four hertz a little, five hertz a little, two hertz a little, 30 hertz a little, and 16 or, or, or 19 hertz, four, five teeth in four different regions of the mouth, don't treat a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, what are the chances that this person has a root canal issue on two or three? Something as simple as that. But, you know, and, and, and then people have to understand that the teeth that are in, in interference or hurting can actually become hyperemic. And that's just something that people don't mm. even understand. Mm. You know, so you, they'll, they'll, they'll root canal number three and put a crown in it. A couple of months later, a year later, they'll root canal number four. I mean, the best dentistry is no yeah, dentistry. And it was hyperemic, so it had to have been inf- infected, right? right? Yeah. Get, yeah, well, there's my, there's, there opened it up. And, and by the way, so like let's shit. Say, Let's say you're a brand new dentist that really hasn't learned a whole lot of understanding of occlusion yet. You're three, four years out or what have you. You haven't taken any major big courses, but you've learned root canals really. You went to that mm-hmm. one hour endo course and you went to the one hour, how to do an implant one hour. And I'm not saying that it, yeah, crown, it's a, it's a, it's how to do a root canal in 10 minutes, but maybe you spent months and months and months learning how to do the root canal. And then you spent months and months and months learning how to do the endo. So guess what? You misdiagnose the person, you do a root canal on it, doesn't get out of pain. It must be fractured. I just can't see it. Do the CBCT. Say, you know what? I just did the root canal two years ago. I'm going to credit you back half of it and I'll place the implant. And implants are the least forgiving thing for occlusion. Mm-hmm. So if you bang it on those, so it's just, it, we're doing a lot of disservice for patients thinking about, you know, the single tooth. So the, the one thing to answer all those questions, should I do sleep apnea or implants or, or, or get, think of your dental education as a pyramid, mm-hmm. the base of the pyramid, the platform for anything which you decide to specialize in. Cause let's face it, at the end of my, you know, the point I'm at in my career, you know, midway or whatever you want to call it. And I don't even know mature mm-hmm. career. I'm mm-hmm. just doing it Invisalign and you, Peter, were just doing cosmetics, mm-hmm. but your base understanding was broad based on occlusion. But even my partner, you know, Curry, who pretty much just does implants and, and uh, all, all on X's, he knows occlusion. Like I look at his cases and it's like, bing, 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 you know, and, and it's the yeah. teeth are coming to bing, bing. Yeah. So there's no, there's perio, no, perio. Even perio. if you want to just do LANAP, even if so you're just saying, I love the LANAP. The problem is though, Craig, is that no one bangs on the drum. Well, I guess people do bang on this drum, but it is, it is the least sexy. It is, it is boring. We need to make it fun and exciting. But um, the problem is too, you can't monitor. So for the dentist considering going through occlusion training, what does occlusion training give oh, you? Yeah. So a root canal that can be like, okay, if I can do root canal treatment, I send out seven a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's going to be 11,000. Or implant, I send out five a week. And implants are 2,000. I can buy the drill for this and they can do quick right. math. I have an ROI, right? I have an ROI. But the yeah. greatest ROI from everybody we've ever seen, we've been in dentistry for 50, you know, whatever, 40 years cumulatively. And we know shit tons of dentists and all of them have one common thing. Like even down to pay ray, they all know their occlusion yeah. like the back of their hands. Yeah. That, so, is, that is interesting. So occlusion. Um, yeah. I, I would, I would, we, we are, in, I'm a big we fan are of Coise. I like Coise. We are I like Coise for that. You and I are in agreement that, that it is, that would be the, uh, if you're going to invest in a clinical thing and you are having a self-aware conversation right now saying, yeah, I could probably be stronger. Go do it. Go do it because it, it do will it. behoove you. It will behoove you the rest. You will never outgrow that skill um, ever. in in, Dennis, in your career. And it will behoove you the rest of your career. 
Meaning there's lots of things that I learned in dentistry. I actually went through implant training, Craig, and got to the end of it. My fellow fellows and I was like, I don't want to do this. Right. And it was, and I never used any of those skills again, because I wasn't going to do that. But if I had applied that even towards more occlusion, I probably would have been even better. You know, I probably would have been even better. So I don't know why that, that seemed applicable. No, it makes sense. Whatever you do, uh, knowledge builds on itself. I mean, it's a a foundational, right? Don't, I think there, I think you nailed it. Don't think of your postgraduate education as something I'll do this and I'll do this applying apps inside of you, inside of your operating system. Like with the implant app, I'm gonna get like, look at it foundationally from a pyramid and like get a real good, because guess what? Even if you just stop at learning occlusion and you're just going to be a restorative dentist, I promise you, I can write this down. You will 4X your enrollment and oh, your, and your sure. restorative um, over the course of your career more than more than someone who has a, a didn't well, go to postgraduate education in occlusion. And, by, and I want to do one more before we close this. And I, want, I know this is going to be a short one. But so as dentists, we are designed, especially newly minted dentists, we're designed to put out the apparent problem. So everything we recommend is like, you've got decay here. We got to fix it. You've got a chip on the tooth. You broke your front tooth. This is fractured. We got to fix it. It's reactive. Occlusion will allow you to talk to patients about what's going to be for 10 years. So a good doctor doesn't just get you unsick. Hey, you came with a broken leg. I got to put a cast on. A good doctor will sit down with you and say, hey, we got to get you optimally well. And that's what a good dentist will do. So say to you, like, that's where the Invisalign conversation pops up, by the way, because most dentists are not comfortable with the pivot with Invisalign. Does the crowding bother you? No, good. Okay, then let's leave it. Crowded teeth and wear. If you meet a 25-year-old kid and their teeth are half gone and there's altered passive eruption, you can see how they're small. Remember this. God does not make short teeth. Never. God either covers them up with gums or and they're, they're locked under, there's altered passive eruption and there's clinical crown b- below the gum line, or you've worn them. So when you see a kid that's 25 years old that wore half their teeth away, you have a responsibility to tell them what's going on. Hey, by the way, kid, this is not, I'm not telling you, you, you have no cavities, you have no urgent need, but you're 25 and you've worn away half your teeth. I'm not asking that person if they grind their teeth because they're going to say, no, they do it during REM sleep. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say to them, look at how short your teeth are. Does biologic mom or dad have short teeth? Yeah, my dad has really bad teeth. Well, mm. good. I don't want you to be like dad. So let's unjumble your teeth. Let's lessen your steep mm. bite, your deep bite. I like that. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? But it's that conversation. Yeah. Because the Invisalign conversation is long-term. And most uh-huh. dentists are not talking in long-term because they haven't done the foundational course. <laughs> Foundation occlusion courses are talking about long-term needs. And dentists that come out of school are not used to long-term. You broke your tooth, let's fix it with a crown. You have a chip, let's smooth it. You have a, a pain, let's fix it. So it's a different size. And when you focus on long-term, you get better rewards. So this is probably going to be the only clinical podcast we do, Craig, this year. Oh, we could do a lot, though. I'm just But, you know, I, I, think, I, I think it's nice that we stay in the lane of, of – business and marketing and the business of dentistry and but this is great given some of this, this is know. the business of dentistry and i i i know but i'm saying like we we typically don't dip our toes into this you know say but it has been important important because we do get these questions a lot like what should i do next and and it depends on where you are in your life cycle of course but but craig and i agree on this from a clinical capacity and and i think you need to bifurcate your clinical education with your business education and and don't conflate the two, right? There's, there's two different tracks and you should be learning them um, equally. Yes, sir. I agree with that. Right. Cause they both I support each other. They both support each other. 
Um, so we got that because you guys requested it. So if there's any topic that you want to hear about, please let us know. We love hearing your um, comments and, and rating uh, your ratings, reviews of the podcast. We want it. We do this to be a value, not just to hear ourselves speak. Um, Cause Peter and I, even though we podcast uh, once or twice a week, we talk every day. So if there's something you want to hear, let us know. And also I want to bring it up again, freebpbook.com freebulletproofbook.com, freebpbook.com. Um, we're sending the book out while supplies last, free plus shipping, and buy some for your friends as well. Um, it costs us more to print and ship it than we charge you. So it's uh, don't take advantage and, of that. Yep, and if this podcast is coming out before the one we just did, again, we're doing this, the summit is launching July 9th and 10th in August, Texas. And, um, so, and Austin, 10th, Austin. What, what did I say? You said August, Texas. <laughs> so in Austin, Austin Texas. Texas at the Lost Pines Resort. And I said August, didn't I? I thought you did. Who cares? I don't care. July 9th and 10th uh, in, in Austin. So Texas being like I tell, I make fun of Texas being the center of the universe where everyone seems to be moving. I love so Texas. It is awesome. But uh, so we're going back to Texas. Back to Texas. Bring your, bring your cowboy hats and your Western shirts. But it's going to be awesome. We have pretty much the whole resort. Bulletproof hygiene is going to be there. And they are not just going to be stuck in a, you know, like the, like the beta test we did the last summit. They are having their own summit that's going on kind of at the same time as ours. So it's going to be, uh, you know, Craig and I are bringing our families. I'm pretty much going to go there for a full week, treating this as yeah, a full I'm spending July. I'm spending July 4th there. Are you? Okay, I want to do that yeah. too. Um, Make, um, and uh, that's it. So excited. But anyway, hope everyone enjoyed this. Very and, excited. Uh, <laughs> and uh, everyone stay bulletproof. Take care, guys.